0: This was in 1997, and social distancing and the six feet apart rule was not a common was not a phrase we used, but I think looking back, that's kind of how I think our relationship operated. We spent a lot of time together. We, we talked, we were great friends, but there's that six feet distance, I almost like, don't get too close.
1: <laughs> I think the metaphor works perfect because also I think I was wearing a mask. Right. I I kept my six foot distance. I was really good at it. This is Behind Our Smiles.
0: Pursuing connection. And finding joy. Even in the struggle.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Behind Our Smiles podcast, brought to you in part by our friends at Samaritan Ministries. As a Samaritan member, you have control over your health care, choosing the doctors, treatments, and hospitals That are right for you and your family. There are no network restrictions. It's affordable and you can join today. You can find out more at samaritanministries.org slash miles. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We're so glad you're here.
0: And today we're going to jump into a bit of our backstory Mm. and the early years of our marriage. Over in episode one, we did talk about how we met and our dating years and some of those struggles. But of course, when you get married, it does not all go away (laughs) as we discovered.
1: (laughs) The struggle that is.
0: And how we sort of made it or tried to make it work
1: in the early years before we get going yeah. it is okay to think at least that no one really gets it right in the beginning right we, it's okay to, to we think always that. look
0: back and go what were we doing <laughs> we did not know
1: because we definitely did not get it all right
0: but what i love is this for us you know for joe and me we really enjoyed yeah. the process of yeah. even talking about it and a few years ago we started delving into our past so to speak looking back at our marriage and deciding what was going on there. And and sometimes we had different memories or different experiences at the same time period. Like what was going on in your head when we first married? What was going on in my head, and my heart? And the process even of talking that through was really healing for us, To you know, once you had that perspective a couple of years ago. So that's where right. we kind of share some of what we learned.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes, unfortunately or fortunately, I assumed that Tara's perspective was the same as mine mm-hmm. and vice versa. And when we began to talk that out and look at number one, what God has done in the the amazing healing that He had done, mm-hmm. but also this idea that there was more healing to oh, do, yeah. we began to see that our perspectives were very different.
0: But the cool thing is, I think some of the things that we did learn we didn't really see till you had perspective. So I think it's nice now that we're in you know year twenty four, we do see things differently. Right. <laughs> we're like, oh, that's what was happening, and that's the, the story God was writing. Those are the things that we had to learn to get we were where we are today. So. Um, so I think for us, Joe, I, we have talked about this before, is our biggest struggle in the first few years of our marriage. How would you describe that?
1: Um, I think if I were mm-hmm. to use tarot words, mm-hmm. I would use words like uh, distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really present, even though you're present, mm-hmm. not heavily involved emotionally.
0: Who are you speaking for? Uh,
1: I'm speaking <laughs> of, uh, I'm putting words in Tara's mouth, speaking about her husband. <laughs> that would be me. And so I think uh, emotional intimacy, we mm-hmm. kind of played this game of hide and seek, if you will, mm-hmm. and um, not really understanding so who was hiding and who was seeking. Was I definitely what? was the one hiding and I had gotten really good at it. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, Tara was the one seeking and kind of the, some of the things we're going to talk about and is some of the things that we've learned and we still don't obviously get a perfect by any stretch. And sometimes it's still kind of rears its its head. But this idea that my way of hiding wasn't healthy mm-hmm. and tara's way of seeking me wasn't Not necessarily always. healthy and so we struggled with emotional intimacy we wanted to be closer together but we didn't know how to get there
0: Yeah, and there was a monster in the room so to speak right. keeping us from there because you know we were so excited to get married i mean we had experienced a lot of closeness in our dating years we had tackled some issues in our dating years but, but again we had lived apart for three years and 100, 100 miles away so In my mind i'm like once we are living together and we are married in the same city we're just going to be so close now all of our (laughs) you know issues will be behind us i mean i was super duper happy to get married there's no doubt about that anyone knew me at that time i was Mm. just thrilled i'm like uh, i'm finally married to him but i did have these expectations that we all come into marriage with expectations and most of them are not realistic Mm. of again our closeness and there was a lot about our relationship that was really good at the time but I think you know this was in 1997 and social distancing and the six feet apart rule was not a common was not a phrase we used. but I think looking back, that's kind of how I think our relationship operated. We spent a lot of time together. we, we talked, we were great friends, but there's that six feet distance, almost like don't get too close.
1: <laughs> I think the metaphor works perfect because also I think I was wearing a mask, mm-hmm. right? I, I kept my six foot distance. I was really good at it. And it prohibits growth. Mm-hmm you can still have a relationship and or friendship, but you can't get to the levels of growth that you want when you're six feet apart. And we're obviously talking more metaphorically and emotionally than we are physically.
0: Mm -hmm. And then I responded again sometimes well, but a lot of my response was moving in closer. And again, as we talk about with this, it's not always polite necessarily to move in on someone's space, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're saying, you know, please give me some distance. But I'm like, oh, I want to be close to you, so I'm moving on your space, and you automatically kind of put your hands up and bristle, like, "Hey, hey, 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 you're, you're right. moving I into think my space." <laughs> I spent a
1: lot of my early years, especially, but a lot mm-hmm. of that uh, kind of stiff arming. Right, my mm-hmm. arm was out to preserve that distance, and I think Tara, you felt like the best solution was to just be stronger mm-hmm. in in your pursuit. So, mm-hmm. as much resistance as you were getting from me, hey, let's be stronger mm-hmm. in that pursuit, and that will. That'll make up the difference i think Mm -hmm. you thought that you literally could make up the difference there and it was wearing you out Mm -hmm. it was wearing me out and it wasn't helping our relationship grow at all
0: well i think in the times that i didn't necessarily exert pressure or didn't kind of move in i think there's other times i just kind of went huh you know like shrug my shoulders like i kind of just envisioned something different in our marriage i kind of envisioned us to have a closeness that we finally could have that we were married and it was just a little bit of confusion and trying my best, you know, and and this is where I know that God's grace was extravagant in that time period, like going, I love this man. I want to be close to him. I know I need to be married to him, but what is the missing ingredient? What is it that we're not, you know, finding? So
1: how did it, how did it make you feel mm-hmm. when you wanted to be close to me mm-hmm. and you just couldn't get there? And I think part of the problem was, as you answer this, part of the problem was, we couldn't define mm-hmm. what was really going on. So right. I think there was this invisible barrier that you couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what in the world right. it was. Where did it come from? Is it a force field? What is it? But how did it make you feel when you couldn't get close to me and you wanted to?
0: Right. Well, there's that that general sense of loneliness of not feeling the, the connection that I know I wanted with you. Um, the discouragement. And I think part of it was like, you were a very kind husband. So I couldn't really say like, you were a great friend and you took care of me. So on like on the outside, you did loving things for me, mm-hmm. but not always with your heart open, in a vulnerable state in a vulnerable position does that make sense
1: yes and i think there were times when i was Mm -hmm. okay and i think that really sent confusing messages and Mm -hmm. it wasn't until much later in our marriage that we began to really dissect these things and look at these things and and want to grow through them that i began to understand that number one i had caused hurt there i had uh, left a loneliness in you that i did regret at that point but I think what made it more confusing for you is that there were times when you could get close to mm-hmm. me. There were times when I was a an open book and my heart was wide open. And I think on my end, I don't know that I always understood what would trigger mm-hmm. a, a, t- a lockdown. Clam up, right? right. yeah. What would trigger me to, to not want to be close Where that fear set. And I can now look back and mm-hmm. and we'll discuss that through this this episode, just the things that were going on. But at the time I had no idea.
0: Well, I think you were in a level of denial we'll say, right, to, certain, yes. to certain things, but you did kind of cover up the denial with kindness mm. and with trying to do, trying to do the right things and yeah. trying to be a good husband. I mean, I definitely noticed in you a big desire to, to be a good husband for me. It was never like, uh, I don't care. You cared and you tried hard, but it's like, let me just, again, be a good husband from six feet away. <laughs>
1: Well, and I think one of the other things that worked against us was your pursuit. Mm-hmm. So the more that you felt distance from me, the more you would try to pursue, and then the more I would create mm-hmm. distance. And it was this catch-22, and And it, it's so funny looking back now, it's like, why in the world were we not smart enough to see that? But we just couldn't see it. We were in the trees. Mm-hmm. We couldn't see that bird's eye view of what was going on, and it, it really did create some hardship on
0: our marriage. Can you hold that thought for a minute, Joe? We want to take one moment to hear from our sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. I have always considered myself a really healthy person. It was never crossing my mind that I would face any sort of large health issue. So I went to get a mammogram and the doctor walked in and immediately started tearing up. She said, Kelsey, I've known you for years. This is really hard for me to tell you, but it is breast cancer. Because I'm a Samaritan member, I knew that I had complete freedom in regards to which providers I saw, what kind of treatment I wanted to get, and that they are so generous with cancer needs specifically, that although I had a lot of other decisions to make, how I was going to pay for it and where I was going to go for treatment, didn't have to be one of the things I was concerned about. And I think that's such a beautiful aspect of Samaritan that I would never want to lose
1: a community of Christians caring for each other with a biblical solution to health care. Learn more at org slash smiles.
0: So Joe, the question then is, why were you hiding? Right? <laughs> that's, this, that's a real simple question. In this game question, of hide right? and seek we were playing, um, one thing we've heard before is that intimacy is almost like a shorthand for into me see. Mm. It's letting someone see into you. And I felt like, why did you maybe not want me to see into you?
1: Well, I think there's a, a lot of reasons. Um, I grew up in, in a lot of different foster homes um, because of some of the abuse I experienced. It was hard for me to get close to someone. Every mm-hmm. time I'd gotten close, they always left mm-hmm. um, without fail. They always left. In fact, at the time I met you, I didn't have very many long-term friends. My long-term friends mm-hmm. were just a couple of years in the making, and um, And so here I am really close to you and I I really love you and I really want to spend my life with you, but I just couldn't see past the broken heart that I had experienced Mm -hmm. over and over and over. I remember being in foster homes and finally getting settled in. And literally I'd wake up one morning and in my few things, I'd have like a A garbage bag with my stuff and it packed at the front door. And Mm -hmm. I remember one time I asked, I'm like, what's that about? And they kind of treated me like I had no business asking or what's wrong with me. And, or there were times when I literally was picked up by someone from a foster home and never returned. Mm -hmm. And so I think in my mind, I, there were so many times that I thought people who are happy, people who have a safe sense of life have no idea Mm -hmm. what's really out there they have no idea how cruel the world can really be and so here i am in a situation that i told myself i would never be in i I wanted to love people i absolutely wanted to love people after i met jesus i wanted people to know they were loved but i didn't want to get close to them Mm -hmm. to do it and i didn't realize the disconnect that you can't love someone without being
0: close to them Right. right well and there's a risk there is that risk so in every yes, close relationship. there's
1: a huge risk in, in my brain is screaming mm-hmm. the entire time, this red light, glaring light inside my head going, what are you doing? Have you not learned your lesson? You know how this ends. You know how this ends.
0: And even sometimes if you look at the various situations in your life, some of them are definitely intentional abandonment issues, but some things were just like stuff happens that wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, directed at you personally, but it just ended up for you like, okay, there's another relationship that had to end. And And there's another person that said they'll be there forever, and mm it's not.
1: I think, too, um, it's important, and and I didn't know how to do this at the time, but to look at this idea of going in a normal childhood like our kids' Mm -hmm. childhoods. It's been really, really cool and healing to watch them have a quote-unquote normal and healthy childhood because when you're a child in a healthy situation, you don't worry about things in the world. Mm-hmm. You just go out and have fun, you catch lightning bugs, you eat ice cream at night, whatever, you just, your life is, there's a carefree element mm-hmm. at times. Now we train our kids up to to be able to survive in the world, don't get me wrong, but there there is a season of their lives that are carefree. and That's I,
0: how it should be for the yes, most part for right. young children.
1: And I think that so many, and maybe you're listening right now and you'd say, yeah, that, I absolutely relate to that. My, there was no carefree elements in my childhood. I think it it really does hurt your future ability. And if God does not enter the equation, it becomes impossible to have true intimacy mm-hmm. because I always was on guard. Mm-hmm. And even on guard, I still got hurt over and over and over. So how in the world could I believe that this was going to be different? I know that you love Jesus, Tara. I knew that you had made a commitment to me that you were going to stay with me, but I had seen this incredible history of brokenness. And so I was like, well, God doesn't owe me anything. You technically don't owe me anything. I'm not tied to your family by blood, so they don't owe me anything. So why in the world would you stick around once you got to know me?
0: Well, and I think it was a catch-22 because in our dating years, you'd kind of say, trust me, this is not going to work <laughs> out. You're gonna leave me like everyone else. And then, you know, I passed the test. Right, and And it's so funny
1: that you never ever got that message. Like, I was warning you the whole time, right? But we
0: get married, I'm going, okay, this is it now, right? We have this level of a legal binding document. Mm -hmm. Okay, we are married, so this should make you feel more secure. Mm -hmm. But I think it was this this double-sided coin, because even though maybe you could say it made you feel more secure, which it really didn't, but it also said, oh no, now this person's gonna know me. (laughs) Like it, I cannot just walk away if I get scared of this relationship and she's going to want to know me and be close to me. So I think it was like good and bad. As humans, in. I
1: think we desperately want to be known mm-hmm. and we want to be loved for being yep. known, but we're so fearful. And this is every human being. This is not just rough past people with rough past. This is everyone struggles with this, this, this idea that if you really get to know me, right. you're probably not going to love me, and yes, I did buy into the idea that, man, once we're engaged, oh man, yeah. things will be better and because I'll, I'll, I'll have secure. a ring on her finger, mm-hmm. she'll be committed to me, and it only exposed, because it grew in our closeness, it only exposed mm-hmm. more issues and it made it more tough. And then I thought, well, hey, once we're married, right. it's gonna be fantastic, we'll finally arrive. We'll, we'll be in the same the, house, you yeah. know, like
0: for real, I'll be like, we'll have next that document.
1: And I think what happened over time is I bought into this lie Mm -hmm. that if i could just get here Mm -hmm. if i could just attain that if i could just have that if i could be this level of success Mm -hmm. then tara will have no choice but love me if i could just Mm -hmm. do this then she'll she'll be stuck and she'll have to accept me forever and if Mm -hmm. i just and i i was missing out on the biggest blessings of what marriage should Mm -hmm. offer i was missing out on true intimacy
0: so it goes back to the six feet And the masks, right? I really can't know you (laughs) with a mask and I don't really see who you are from a distance. And so if we want to have that blessing of marriage that you wanted, but it's again back to what you just said, if you really got to know me and now we're living together, so you find out even more things about each other, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you really get to know me, you're going to find out why everyone else left. Like I'm not really that lovable. I'm not really as great as you think I am, (laughs) which of course, you know, we had those issues too, but...
1: And a wake up (laughs) moment for me, I think, was when I began to realize that it wasn't just me missing out. I was actually stealing
0: from you. Mm -hmm.
1: And you had made a commitment to me that I was to fulfill everything you would ever need and want and desire in a husband. And I wasn't giving it to you. And if I didn't give it to you, that appropriate emotional response Mm -hmm. and and health uh, in intimacy, you couldn't get it anywhere else. And so Mm -hmm. you were actually losing out.
0: And obviously in my end, when it comes to expectations, there's definitely those reasonable expectations for a husband, you know, and then there's also, I probably threw in a bunch of extra expectations that were not reasonable. So I'm not like <laughs> gonna be, you know, 100% innocent. But I think there's so much with that first year too, that sense of, I know, insecurity in you and that worry and fear that, you know, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up so carefree. I mean, I grew up mm-hmm. with such stability like we said before everything always worked out <laughs> it's amazing track record that i had everything just worked out and so for you you walked around tiptoeing going this is not going to work out we have to put up this this and this and this this different you know areas to keep everything from falling apart and i'm just going let's live our lives it'll work out and so like on a day-to-day basis that those two like world views clashed and for me that was where again looking back at those years there was that little bit of a cloud because that worry and some of that anxiety you carried end up sort of falling on me because I knew you were worried about stuff and you were always looking over your shoulder.
1: Right, and I think the idea that you, with your incredible track record, would hitch yourself to me is a Mm -hmm. mind-blowing, it's a miracle in and of itself, honestly. Mm -hmm. It really is a miracle. And we did have our moments of true closeness. Mm -hmm. I think if we were to be super honest, there were some incredible moments in those first Mm -hmm. few years as well. It's just that we had, we were hitting this wall, and we mm-hmm. didn't know how to to get past it. We didn't mm-hmm. know how to to get to that place where we. It's almost like we would hit these. We'd hit the ceiling mm-hmm. in in our. Can hit it over and
0: over again. So I knew in my end with you know emotional intimacy, and obviously from usually women have an easier time with that than men maybe across the board. But I know part of that process for me was learning to make my marriage a safe place for you to be mm-hmm. vulnerable too. So. If I am overly critical, if I'm overly pressured, if I'm not creating a good environment of trust, I'm not building that trust with you, then you're not going to want to be vulnerable with me. So, on my end, I know I had to be more um, intentional about making our marriage safe and giving you that time and space to open up and not putting a hammer over your head and saying, you know, what's wrong with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because, you know, you didn't share. And then grace. And I think somewhere along the way, I had this sense of grace for you. And I think it's because we did talk quite a bit about your past. So I knew you struggled with things. So I always want to be able to say, okay, Joe's struggling with something. I'm going to give him some grace here, right? Yeah. And I wasn't always a jerk, right? I mean, I no, was like, you
1: weren't. I would never use that word. <laughs> hey, yeah. come on.
0: I mean, just selfish and unreasonable. Mm. And I think that grace was a big part of those first few years going, okay, Joe doesn't know what he's doing. And I don't <laughs> think I know what I'm doing. So we have to cover a lot mm. of this with grace. I think that was how God showed up the most in those first few years.
1: And he did. And I th- I think we also knew we we had an understanding that it had to be dealt with. It wasn't a problem that was just going to go away. I think as humans we kind of wish that, like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll just we'll deal with it mm-hmm. another time. But I think we both realized if we did not tackle this head on and God wasn't the center of our fight, then we weren't gonna we weren't gonna win the battle. Mm-hmm. We weren't gonna win the because war. Because the six feet right?
0: Turns into eight feet, and it was, turns into ten and we feet. We did see that, and you know, the farther you go, the higher the walls get, the more insurmountable it seems, right? Then it's like right. we talked about a couple podcasts ago about connection. You know, once that connection is broke, it's just like a free for all. Like, okay, you're just mm. floating away. And so I'm so glad that in the end we had to decide. You know, which way are we wanting to to move this train? Are we moving towards connection and towards closeness? But I think with when it comes to your quote unquote issues, <laughs> you know, and and vulnerability, I can provide an environment. To make you feel safe, or I can that was grace. But in the end, we knew that God had to do some work in your heart to make to make that realistic. Because you do carry you carried so much. I mean, you were. I think when you talked about this before, Joe, when we when you've carried all that stuff, you were ultimately trying to protect me. Right. You told that before. You told that to me so many mm. times. I don't want to burden you with this. Right. So that was like your mantra of how to love me. I don't want to burden you with my my baggage. And again, it but goes that back, work out for right, <laughs> again,
1: it went back to this idea that I was actually stealing from you or I was actually, uh, may, you were losing out because of that. And I think, um, for me somewhere along the line, and I'm so grateful that God brought us to a place where we were able to be surrendered to him to the best of our ability, um, as we were growing in our relationship with him. And he was so faithful, but he somewhere along the lines, let me know that if these walls, did not come down, I would not have a greater capacity Mm -hmm. to love, to Mm -hmm. love you, to love our kids, Mm -hmm. to love the people in the world that I so desperately want them to know that they're loved. And I wasn't going to be able to do that. My capacity was not only was it capped, but I was starting to lose ground Mm -hmm. because we, we, there is no just staying put Mm -hmm. status quo. You're either growing or you're, you're becoming stagnant. And, And I did not want to lose ground. And so God Really brought me to a place, and it was a lot of work. There was a lot of work involved in intentionality, but he and we didn't do everything perfect by any stretch. But God bless the effort to help bring those walls down.
0: Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to you know, our marriage relationship, especially, we have this model in Genesis of being naked and unashamed, mm. and those are powerful words. I mean, that's like because it's nakedness, and so much of that word of that word saying, "You'll let me see you for who you are," and that's just scary, <laughs> scary stuff. <laughs> right. But that is a goal to work for to say, "Hey." God has given us this relationship in marriage where we can't truly know each other in a way that we can't know, you know anybody else on earth. So that's what you know we've been been working for, working towards quite a bit. But I know in the beginning, you didn't necessarily know how to get there. It was just, I
1: didn't. And I also think, and, and we're still learning. So, you know, we're kind of living this out in front of you. But the idea that if I want to be intimate with God, and I want to have a, the kind of relationship that God mm-hmm. wants with me and designed with me, Then I had to get through some of these things because they were not only holding me back Mm -hmm. from a deeper relationship with you, Tara, Mm -hmm. they were also holding me back from a deeper relationship with
0: God. Well, in both, because if we don't let God know our hearts first and be vulnerable with God and and who we are, then we can't do with a human, right? It's kind of that twofold. As we grow closer to God, we grow closer to each other. Um,
1: And I think for also, as a man and maybe mm-hmm. this is maybe men can relate to this but i also was embarrassed to admit that i didn't know how mm-hmm. i had no idea mm-hmm. how to get from point a to point b uh it, point b being healthy intimate relationship mm-hmm. on an emotional level and all of that i didn't know how to get there and so there was a part of it that i was in you know i would just Keep my yeah, distance because right. if you didn't know and couldn't into me see, right. mm-hmm. then I could, I could pretend.
0: And again, you were a pretty good husband, Joe. Like you were you. kind and loving. So it wasn't like you were not some basket case husband, you know, so yeah. you could say, Hey honey, I'm I'm doing the right thing. Look how good I am to you. Look how much I care for you. I'm like, yeah, but right. I want to know you. And, and I think in the end, looking back at that, that process, it took about 10 years. I think we kind of mm. categorized that time period because it doesn't happen overnight, it doesn't happen on one day, it's that continual dedication to say, I'm gonna keep, keep working at this, I'm gonna keep pursuing you, I'm gonna keep offering that love to each other, and eventually for you, Joe, learning to let God do the work in you that he had to do.
1: Right, being able to trust God that even if it doesn't work out the way I think it should or ought to or the way I want it to, that God still loves me and still has my best interest at heart, And there was, (laughs) you're laughing. I'm
0: laughing so hard. I'll tell you in a second. Okay.
1: But there was so much, I appreciate that, by the way. There was so much um, really step by step. It's what is the old adage? How do you eat an elephant? Mm -hmm. One bite at a time, right? Mm -hmm. And it was one step at a time saying, God, okay, what do we do today? Literally moment by moment, what do we do now? And saying, God, I don't want to do that. It's too hard. I really don't want to do that. Please don't make me do that. But then in the end saying, okay, even though it's hard and I don't want to do it, I'm going to trust you god to the best of my ability and here's what i can say we are extremely flawed and broken people Mm -hmm. tara and i um in trying to make a relationship work Mm -hmm. that really can't work if you're flawed and broken but god somehow when he enters the equation he does the impossible
0: Mm -hmm. we saw that happen in our marriage and the next episode we're going to kind of finish this portion of the story of how in our minds we feel like there's kind of a before and after in our marriage kind of the the pre-years and the post-years where i go man there was it was different. i like, wow, this is a different man in my hands. It was really good. But Joe, I'm laughing because I, I'm going back through our love letters. We found one. You're doing what? Love letters. <laughs> we found one a few weeks ago, and we've been looking through them, or I've been looking through them. But part of me is, is so encouraged because I can see like pieces of our story. This is from 1996.
1: Okay, so to back this up just a you know. second, um, Tara and I made a decision back in our dating years that we were going to keep every letter that we wrote to one another because we were in separate cities for a little while. What you and, do
0: when you're 16. Right. You, you keep and, all your letters. And by the
1: way, back then, phone calls were really oh, expensive goodness. and all of those things. So we wrote a lot of letters. I literally
0: wrote letters saying, I can't afford to call right. you. So here's a letter.
1: <laughs> so we kept those letters. And it's so cool now to see because we both had a relationship with God. We were both trusting God with our future uh, our future did not look promising. I mean, on the, on the surface, You're on paper. You're stealing my show here, Joe. Okay, so I'm gonna release it to <laughs> Tara because she's laughing over I'm here. I'm
0: laughing because I read his letters and go, Joe hasn't changed a bit. He says Uh-oh. the exact same things. Like 1996, <laughs> this is what he was saying. But number one, seeing the, seeing some of the foundation and seeing some of what we were shooting for. And this was 1996, mm. this was before we were married. <laughs> and we had a rough weekend or you had a rough weekend. Mm. So you write me a letter. So I'm okay. reading this. I'm just like, what in the world? And in
1: 96, we were living we were in two different we had, cities. We had just gotten right. engaged, so we weren't seeing each other very often.
0: And you were still like only working part-time jobs. Things were still kind of <laughs> precarious. Like the world was not figured out her, yet. Her,
1: the, the miracle in all of all this is Tara's dad had given me permission to ask his daughter's hand in marriage, knowing full well I could not support her in those moments, the but ma- trusting the that God the would take care of it. Right. <laughs> so
0: this is Joe. He said, "I'm not saying I'll ever be perfect." but I'm more than willing to work on things together. Mm. We will learn. I'm working very hard to give us a future together. And I'm not sure when that big break will come, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> God is in control. I am learning to trust him more. Sometimes I forget he loves us. He wants our best for us. So that's what I'm saying. You're just saying the exact same thing well, I think, 30 years later.
1: And and there's something f- I can hear that, that young kid in my head. And I think it was one of those things, like if I can say it long enough, maybe mm-hmm. it'll become right. true. I know God loves me. I know he loves mm-hmm. me. You know, yeah. even, even in those moments when it was hard to believe, just reminding yourself of the truth, I think makes a lot of mm-hmm. difference. So and, you can
0: finish up the letters. You okay, haven't read so, this yet. So yeah, I, haven't, I just grabbed it. I'm like, I had to have to read this letter. I had go. to even type it because your handwriting was Okay, thanks. Yeah. yeah,
1: Tara could read my handwriting, which is another miracle. So this is what I wrote. I'm, I'll back up a sentence that Tara read, read in this, but I said, sometimes I forget he loves us. He wants our best for us. And I really did believe it, and it was back to what I was just saying a moment ago, that sometimes it is just repeating the truth. preaching to ourselves. To ourselves. Mm -hmm. But here's what I wrote. We've got a lifetime to get it right, and -hmm. then some. (laughs) Look at how healthy we are with everything. It blows my mind it's only going to get better. And I think, Mm -hmm. just to take a quick uh, break from that, and I'll read the last paragraph, I think looking at it from a realistic, wise position on paper, our relationship mm-hmm. should have never worked and we knew we had so much stacked against us to make this work but we did believe in it and we believed that god had brought us together and he was working this out and so to see any resemblance of healthiness mm-hmm. and again some of it didn't reveal it's it's had till we got married right some of the the problems we were going to have
0: but i'm reading these letters still saying we're both saying the same thing which right. is you know god is for us we have to keep working on this and you're like i know We've got problems. We just have to keep working at them.
1: (laughs) In fact, here's the last paragraph of the letter that I wrote, Tara, back in 96. Your husband, and I'm talking about her future husband, that would be me, I was hoping at the time, your future husband won't be problem-free, but I'm willing to work on the problems that arise. And with Christ, all things are possible. We will have a great marriage. <laughs> I love
0: how I wrote have that. Like, that's a great
1: marriage. And then I said we may not have a lot of money, but we <laughs> will be rich. And I capitalized the word rich and looking back over our twenty four years of marriage, I can honestly tell you that we may not have a lot of money at times, but we have been so rich. Remember, no money in the world can buy the things of God. And that's how I closed out that letter and um Yeah. Thank you for bringing that letter. I I was a little bit nervous about what that letter was going to say, but I I love the fact that that, those kids that were dating at that time really trusted God on a high level. Mm -hmm. Um, He's
0: been so good to us and it's been a hard journey, but worth it. And we are rich in so many things. Right, and,
1: and problems are going to arise no matter what. Right. We're never ever going to get there. I think sometimes we buy into that lie that we, if we could just do this, then we'll we'll be there. Yeah, or maybe this is where the the healing is complete. Right? Thank you, God, mm-hmm. for healing me. And we don't realize that God's saying, no, it's not a done deal.
0: Right. We're still working. Well, your best it. line there was, we have a lifetime and then some to figure it out, Joe. Right. So, and the journey isn't over.
1: Right. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, give us five stars. You can review wherever you listen and your strong rating will make it easier for others to find the Behind Our Smiles podcast and download it. So thank you so much. We'd also love to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Behind Our Smiles.
0: And the Behind Our Smiles podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of University of Northwestern St. Paul.
1: This episode of the Behind Our Smiles podcast was made possible in part by our friends at Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians who, through prayer and financial support, care for one another when a medical need arises. You choose your providers. It's affordable and you can join today. Visit SamaritanMinistries.org smiles.